All right, jiggle it. It's live at the Dutch Hall. Welcome, everybody. It's our, with our very special guest star, Jason Ryder. Hey, Jason. You know hey, what, Pete. You know what time it is? What time would it be? It's time to pour the whiskey. It's time to get some ice. It's time to have some cocktails at the Dutch Hall tonight. Hit it. I screwed it up. <laughs> they get, they get it. <laughs> hey, everybody. How you doing? It's Pete Van Dyke. We're here back at the Dutch Hall for episode five with my very special guest, Jason Ryder. We decided to call this one Whiskey Night. This is Whiskey Night at the Dutch Hall. And uh, the reason we decided to go Whiskey Night was because Jason Ryder, uh, when we were trying to get him to come on the show, he was very interested in when we were going to start drinking whiskey and uh, and how much we were allowed to drink before we started to get on the show. Is that right, Jason? Well, there's a small bit of truth of that. <laughs> Does Chargers get royalties on the opening song? No, he's doing it for he's, free right now. He's actually quite ashamed of that he'll opening He'll be song. after you for that. <laughs> yeah, It's he, four already, right? Yeah, well, five. This is episode mm -hmm. five. And it, well, Charters, was he's very ashamed of it. He says every time he hears it, he says he doesn't like the song. He hopes that someone will improve on it or, like, send me something better because he no, says... I, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> he said it didn't sound very good, but... See, I think it sounds like you're way up in the, the north or yeah. out, 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 out west or deep into the woods. Yeah, no, I like. I I think it sounds like kind of like the old country. I think western. it sounds like that Bradley Smoker, that commercial. That's what that song sounds like. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, normally when I do these shows, Jason, I I have a cocktail of uh, different uh, substances that I take to get myself ready to do one of these live at the Dutch halls, right? Normally it's beer and cigarettes and maybe a little uh, other medicinal components that I end up uh, dabbling with to try to get the right formula so I can get a hold of my nerves. And was your back healed up yet? My back's a little, it's a little sore, eh? It's a little sore. Okay. <laughs> but it's getting better. I've learned a few things to cope with it. So, but this time I said, we're going to go with a whiskey cocktail. Yeah. This is going to be fueled 100% by whiskey. So Alive at the Dutch Hall, fueled 100% by whiskey. This is something that's kind of unprecedented. We haven't done it before. So uh, what we're going to do this time, well, let's do a little uh, little shot. I got with this, uh, we drink rye, rye whiskey in Canada. There's a lot of listeners that are from outside of Canada, so we should address some of what kind of whiskey we're drinking. We're drinking Canadian rye whiskey because here in Canada, that's what we drink. We don't drink bourbon. We don't drink Tennessee sipping whiskey. No, we, we don't drink we scotch. We keep it pretty simple. Yeah. Do you drink scotch? I, I, no, I'm, I don't. Uh, I, I can't drink anything really scotch-wise or any bourbon uh no. I, don't, I don't know if it's the way the process they make it, but it's too, uh, it's really woody, like an oaky taste. Yeah, yeah. I so. find it hard to get used to as well. Like, uh, I have guys that tell me, well, it's just because you don't drink the right scotch. Like, you drink, I'll, like, I'll give you some of this really good scotch, you're going to drink it, and then you'll be a changed man. And I'm like, I, I hate it. Like, yeah, I, I don't no. like it at all. It like, they say, well, you gotta, it's an acquired taste. And I said, well, I can acquire a taste to a skunk's asshole if I eat it every day, right? <laughs> well. I don't know if they could bottle that. <laughs> they give it a go. <laughs> no, I'm I. You know, the rye whiskey is uh, blended. You know, they it's a small different process. Either it's even a different process than the, the corn whiskey. Yeah. So the rye is a different process to make it. But there's only a few varieties or, or uh, companies that do use still natural 
rye to make their whiskey. Oh, really? What right. do they use then? Corn mash, a lot of it. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. what they use it for. Uh, I was at the um, Jack Daniels distillery in um, in Tennessee. Lynchburg, Tennessee. He sounds like a bad guy. Eh? Jack Daniels? Yeah. I liked him. He's a little tiny guy. Little, oh, is he? Yeah, a little tiny, like just like... Maybe like maybe like five foot two or something like that. A little tiny guy. I got some friends like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They like having you around it. So not anymore. <laughs> got a bad shoulder. Actually, I was really surprised when I went down to Lynchburg, Tennessee, to, to this distillery. How um, similar Lynchburg, Tennessee, was to Norfolk County here. Like they have the reason that they were bragging about making good whiskey there is because they had Carolinian forests to make the uh, oak barrels, which we have here in Norfolk County. They have uh, good water supply, which we have here in Norfolk County, like good uh, aquifer, you know, to draw from. And uh, what was the other thing they had? Oh, maybe it was a climate or something like that. But it was very similar to us. I said, well, why don't we don't have a whiskey business here in Norfolk? I don't uh, know. Then that's, yeah, I've, I've wondered that idea myself too. But I think our sand probably filters the water as well as their hills. But, mm -hmm. I mean, it might be a little cleaner coming out of the mountains. But there's all, it's all, you know, part and parcel within in the production of that. Yeah. Ten There's a reason why it's there. Yeah, yeah. And it was, uh, we did uh, we did a whole thing there where they showed us the difference between bourbon and Tennessee sipping whiskey. Like we did a tasting there. And what is the difference? Well, the difference is um, a, the Tennessee sipping whiskey is basically a bourbon, but then it, they end up putting it through like a charcoal filter. I think they do it twice. They put it through this charcoal filter, and it goes from being a clear bourbon at the top, and by the time it goes through, it's got that deep, rich, kind of like brown color that they get from the charcoal. And then they get more color when they age it in the in the barrels. Cause That's they, maybe what's wrong with the people from Tennessee. There's a little too much charcoal over the you know the past. <laughs> yeah, maybe I don't know. But this was a dry county. You couldn't actually buy Jack Daniels in Lynchburg, Tennessee. They had to make another rule so that they could just sell it in the gift shop. Like the only place you can get uh, liquor in that county is uh, at the distillery itself. Like now they do it for tourists, eh? But, yeah. I don't, yeah, there's lots of dry counties down there. I know it's a lot. weird though if your main if your main uh, source of income as a as your ta little town is is a distillery and you're not allowed to drink there. You know, it's like telling the tobacco farmers in Carolina or Delhi that yeah. you know you can't smoke cigarettes. It's uh, the same sort of thing, right? Well, it's being forced, so that's yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, well, well it, it's almost getting to the point where you can't smoke cigarettes. So you got to do it under your blanket now. I think is it? Well, you got to hide, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> shameful you know i was at the i was at the grocery store today and i thought well i get a pack of cigarettes you know because i knew you were coming over and and i, I like to sometimes it settles my nerves to be quite honest with you with one of these things once i get so wound up and so i didn't know what to buy because i don't buy a lot of cigarettes so i have to figure out what brand and they don't let you look at them on the shelf anymore and you can't call them light and regular and yeah. whatever Usually it was by colors now is what i i hear the most yeah yeah and i and so i'm at there and i'm saying i want to pack of cigarettes can i buy it here at the counter at the grocery store and she says yeah you can buy it here and i said well i want demorier um the light the extra light or whatever and she says well what's like what is that called and I, I don't i don't know it's like i think it's the, the extra light maybe uh balanced i think balance is the extra the light? gray ones i i think i'm not sure the the yellow ones what are these yellow they're ones? they're ultra lights i think mellows they're ultra light i think that's the lightest they make which is oh good that's what i wanted but anyways excuse me Holy crap. So, sorry, that was a big one. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wild game, I think. Yeah. So what I did was, with getting into the fifth show, I got a lot, I like to ask my uh, listeners for feedback. And, and uh, for this show, I got a lot of feedback from the last one, which was good. And uh, one of the things they said was you got to have more of, one of the things a person said was you have to have more of a format. So you have to have more of a, 
a, agenda or something to go through that's kind of the same every time. And I've never really done that. Every show has been a little bit different from one from the other one. But this time I actually I, I wrote out a, an agenda or like a, a format, right? And one of the things that I'm going to talk that I was supposed to talk about at the beginning is always my uh, uh, feedback I get from the uh, or what's happened that week and the feedback I've gotten from the fans, right? Or from the, not fans but listeners, right? I don't know if they like me or not. They don't fe- give me enough feedback, right? Well, they, I think it's all going to take time. But it looks by what you're showing me earlier tonight, there's some interest uh, floating out there. Yeah, every week it grows. Eh? It's pretty cool to watch. Like I hit a milestone this week. It was like I hit a couple of zeros on the end of, of my numbers, so I got excited because uh, every time I hit one of these like milestones, I get a little excited. Right? Have you ever uh, experienced a negative number? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> no, it's, it's happening. Right? Most likely, be, <laughs> yeah, we'll be sliding. Landslide. We'll see what the whiskey does. It'll be a landslide, but in the wrong, in the wrong form. <laughs> Everyone's a little different. But anyways, for this. So what happened this week was we got a lot of, uh, holy mackerel, our, our uh, levels are so high now. We're going on the opposite there. So we're turning well, this- as long as they can hear us. Oh, I think they can hear us all right. So we're going to, um, what happened this week was I got some feedback and I want to talk about that a little bit. And uh, once the first person I want to thank there or want to for his feedback is my probably my biggest uh, fan of the show. He's, he's, he's an avid listener. He's giving the most feedback. He's the only listener of mine that's ever wrote written a review on itunes he's written three of them and this is the haitian dwarf and i just wanted to reach out to the haitian dwarf i've been searching for him if you've been following me on twitter at dutch hall at dutch hall uh on twitter just dutch hall you can follow me I, we've been searching for the haitian dwarf because for me i want this guy's such a great uh supporter of mine and he's given me the feedback that i've been really looking for he, he's not the individual out of new delhi is he no, that was my milestone listener. Eh? It was uh, Delhi, I think it was. It was spelled the same yeah, as Delhi. New, New Delhi, I believe. <laughs> but it was India. Yeah, he was my milestone I listener. If it was, maybe Bell Canada was calling or listening, <laughs> maybe out of their office. I... Maybe I think it was by a yeah. It was, I, it was yeah. yeah. It was. It could have been. Could have been Dell or maybe it was definitely a service center of yeah. some sort, like a call center. Most likely Bell. Yeah, the guy's name I think was uh, was. Uh, I fix your phone. Biff. No, no. You know they give themselves like American names when they're talking, so they they sound like you're in in the states. You know, like they'll say like they have a thick accent, but they'll say their names like uh, Chip or something like that. You know what I mean? Have you ever done that? It's probably easier to remember their name and spell it if it's yeah, you're right. You know, and they probably convert it over just to yeah. It probably does mean something. <laughs> Whatever of, of what their parent name is. We're getting into ignorant racial talk, right? We should maybe move on to the next thing. So the Haitian Dwarf is what I'm talking about here. The Haitian Dwarf is who I'm wanting to thank. He's given me some feedback. After episode one, as, as you can remember, I gave him a shout-out because he said uh, made me want to open my own internet sweatshop. He gave me five stars. And then later on, he said uh, after the second episode, I think he gave me feedback saying, um, in Haiti, we circumcise our roosters, is what his, his comment was. Five stars as well. Five stars. From, Five stars. Yeah, from the Haitian. And I didn't know that little piece of information. was It was helpful for him to educate me did about... You, did you tell your second guest of this, uh, the podcast, did you call him on the circumcision, you know, the issue there or not? Oh, no. I, I, of course, I shared the information with him, right? Because uh, it was a nice piece of information from the Haitian dwarf. Anyone wants to help educate me, I, I'm appreciative. And so this week, I think what the Haitian dwarf wrote, it's a little bit more uh, obscure. I'm going to have to bring, bring it up because... I don't know. Uh, I, I'm not going to be able to do it by heart, but it was it was after the uh, fourth episode. He, he he gave me a rate a review, 
and it said, I've decided I'm losing the wheelchair and becoming a go-go dancer, waltzes and polkas only. Four stars only. Four stars only. This is after the fourth episode. So the Haitian dwarf, though I'm happy that, uh, I'm sorry to hear he's in a wheelchair, or she, I don't know if it's he or she, but uh, the fact that she's like, aspiring to be a go-go dancer, and uh, you know that the, the style of dance that she does, I'm a fan of. So I'm 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 happy that she's making these pro. The- well, you've obviously lifted someone's spirits like to a whole new level. If if the, you know, as long as that's someone just not going yeah, that's online a- and you know messing with your, your the, the Dutch Hall podcast. Well, you don't think you think this person might not be truthful? Well, I'm not. I mean, I'm not sold yet on that. No, it, it's hard to say there. There's only one way to find out, Ryder, and that's to invite the. But make an open invitation. I, I, I was in a roundabout way. That's what I was getting at. Just so we could, you know, or not myself, but your, you know, one of your episodes, you could you could get deeper into the conversation with him. Yeah, damn right. Or, or the human. Yeah, I want him, I want the Haitian dwarf open invitation, just like it did last week, Jim F. Bleak. I want the Haitian dwarf to know that the Dutch Hall is wide open. I, I would you're a preferred guest of mine, and if you would ever decide to to uh, grace the Dutch Hall's presence. I would uh, be just thrilled to have you on there. So yeah, it'd make an interesting uh, evening. Yeah, and speaking of which, you know, this is the life from the Dutch Hall, which uh, it's basically a one-man show, right? Or, you know, like a lot of these shows, they have like uh, talent bookers, writers, producers, all these things. Like it, at Life of the Dutch Hall, it's a one-man show here, so I got to act as my own talent booker. And uh, I was happy to get you. I mean, obviously, it's a big get, you know, Jason Ryder. Well, I'm pretty sure there's. A handful of people that know who I am, and that's about the extent of it. I don't think there's a are you kidding me? A, whole, a whole lot that knows. I did a so. Wikipedia search on on Jason Ryder, and what I found was um, I don't know if I want to know. There, you were your uh, your company that you're part owner of, um, Dennis Horseradish, that was on there on Wikipedia, and it also said that uh, it was in the town of Delhi's Wikipedia that Jason and uh, Ryder Farms, which is your farm, right? Yeah. You and your wife, yeah. Jackie. Yeah, Jackie also, yeah. And uh, Ryder Farms was on the Wikipedia page for Delhi because of the, their affiliation with Dennis Horseradish, eh? Mm-hmm. So you're, you're Wikipedia, my second Wikipedia yeah. guest, eh? Oh, well, that's a... Noted twice in there. I think that's a quick turnover on that, though. I think it, <laughs> it rolls through that system pretty quick, so they uh, give their people something to do and put new things on all the time. Yeah, but you were, you were deemed significant. Okay. Where I wasn't. So, anyways, as I don't I'm, think we can measure that by no means yet. <laughs> well, Jim F. Bleak thinks it can. So, what we say, I'm going to say, fuck Jim F. Bleak for the record. You know, he hasn't responded to be a guest on my show yet, and um, and so I want to go on the record. He's, he should really step it. Like, you know, you want to you want to defend yourself. You should at least respond. Yeah, I mean, I know he's a listener, Jim F. Bleak. Oh, I, I I would imagine he's going to start if his name keeps appearing on the, <laughs> on the internet uh, through this. Yeah, there's these bots that listen to podcasts and then they um, bots like, like robots yeah. or something like computer robots. I I, I don't doesn't, know what they are. Doesn't Charter doesn't he program robots? Yeah, they make cars guest? or something. Yeah. I think he fixes robots. Yeah. I don't know. I don't really understand all that stuff. But I wonder if he dances like a robot. He does the robot really? dance. Yeah, he does it pretty well. Huh. And so, with, uh, as a talent booker in my show last week, I said that I wanted to get some better guests. So, um, one of the ones I said was I wanted to get uh, the Pope. I said the Pope mm-hmm. would be a good guest, right? I did read that. Yeah. I did see that, yeah. Yeah, you heard that, right? Yeah. So, I thought, well, you know what? Let's check. I'm on this Twitter. I'm new to the internet. I'm, I'm just learning this as I go. So, I decided to go on Twitter, see if the Pope's on there. Sure enough, the Pope has a Twitter account, really? right? So, I followed the pontiff, and I sent him a... Um, Tweet. I tweeted the Pope. Okay. Yeah. I tweeted the Pope, and I Was sent him. Was there a him, response? Or? Uh, not yet. I'm waiting for the response. I think it's just a matter of time, to be honest with you. I can't imagine it's not like him not 
uh, responding to he's a he's a pope of the people, right? Yes. He's a pope of the people. So what I did was, I this is my message. I'll read it to it. It says at Pontiff Access Pope's Twitter account. So at the a, a pope, like I'm basically saying, hey pope, as you are a pope of the people. I wanted to invite you for dinner in return for being my guest on Life from the Dutch Hall. Invite him for dinner? Well, I'll give him a what good dinner. What would you feed the Pope? Well, he's, uh, he's from South America, isn't mm-hmm. he? So I'd probably try to do something that's true to his culture. I'd probably read up on it and maybe do some, like, I would like to do more of a peasant dish for the Pope, you oh, know? Oh, really? Because he's the Pope of the people. So I'd probably do, like, some sort of, like, cheap cut of, of meat, like, what, how, and with a fashion of whatever country he's from. Was he from Argentina or Brazil or something? No, I'm... He probably won't get a whole lot of information out of me on on. I, I'm not. I don't. I'm not a follower of him. I mean, it's, oh, you haven't followed him on Twitter? No, I no. I'm not <laughs> get too deep into uh, the social media scene. I, 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 I think I try to educate myself more every day on it. Yeah, but it's a, it's a tough one to. Uh, well, I'm just learning. Into. Yeah, I hear that. That's, so the Pope. We so, should all learn a little more on it. I told the kids if the Pope does come, I don't know, maybe tacos too. We have a good tacos, taco night. You know, like well, sometimes, you know, it's a nice night. We're working that day, and the Pope shows up late, and we're both wow, coming back from work. We don't have time to put a, a, a quick uh, dinner, yeah. But I might just, you know, make some time for the Pope. Yeah, like, we gotta clean the house and stuff. <clears throat> yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> can you imagine the Pope mobile coming down Pine Grove? I, I'm not sure if I can imagine the Pope in the Dutch Hall. Really. You don't think so? Well, I don't know. Yeah. I wonder if you had a problem with my with my pinup girls. Well, I I don't think many people would. No, I think they're very tasteful. Oh yeah, there's nothing uh, offside on on the, on them at all. No, the Pope. So, what I did, I don't think the Pope's coming, but I, I would imagine if the Pope uh, did come down Pine Grove and he put the Pope mobile in there. Can you imagine my neighbor across the road? Well, he'd he'd be out the the, the graces, like his presence for sure on that. Uh, Never it'd imagine be, it'd be interesting. He'd be looking out his window, saying, "What's Pete up to? Eh? He's got the Pope mobile in his driveway." Yeah. You know, he'd ride his sled over most likely and and, and, and have a. You have an excuse yeah. to stop in the Dutch Hall and meet the pontiff. Eh? That's right. Anyway, so we'll, we'll cross our fingers. If I can't, yeah, if well, I don't get, if you I don't, you got to throw it out there too. The, I, it's a hundred percent chance. If I don't do anything about it's it, it's a zero chance. He's not coming, right? right? So the only thing I can do is ask, is maybe the Pope will come, right? So I figured if I don't get the Pope, maybe next week Barack Obama. And a lot of people have been saying maybe I should put out a feeler. I don't for, know if you should go with Barack Obama or his wife Michelle. She'd be an interesting. I one. think she'd be more interesting than him, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. perspective would be yeah, different. I think so. Yeah, or other people said, well, Bill Clinton would be way better well, than Barack Obama. He, he would, yeah, well. Who would be the ideal get, like the biggest get that you could ever get? I went Pope. Will Ferrell, most likely. <laughs> Will Ferrell. <laughs> Will Ferrell is just like whatever they... This would come natural. It's what, Yeah, it's whatever you want him to be, he'll do it, eh, for like yeah, a million bucks. That's why he's an actor, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah no, people I... with integrity get paid nothing, right? <laughs> I'm not saying Will Smith isn't a good guy. I'm yeah. just saying I, I don't think he really gives a shit about. Uh, I think he likes the dollar signs a lot better than anything else. Yeah, but. it comes with the territory. No, it worked for him. Eh? It's a game he chose to play. Yeah, he plays it well. So I do follow the Pope, but I also follow um, the Iron Sheik on <clears throat> the Twitter. Iron Sheik, eh? Yeah, I follow the Iron Sheik. He was Sheik. in Simcoe, and when I was uh, probably around eight or nine years old, I remember he was in Simcoe. At the uh, rec center, uh, the rec center or the downtown arena, I'm not sure. He was uh, part of the, the traveling wrestling show. I know my father always took uh, our our offshore workers, our Barbadians, to wrestling because that was you know if we had to be done by you know 11:30 so they could get into the bunkhouse, clean up, and watch their wrestling. It was it was it's pretty much their religion. Yeah, yeah. So my father would take them to to whatever local show there was. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. My um, 
And my grand, I remember the the Talbot Street Arena in Simcoe. They that's right. I wrestling. think that's where it was. Yeah. yeah. And like, and as every once in a while, they'd wrestle a bear and stuff too. I'd, I'd see the ads in the paper. Jake the Snake, he had his uh, his python or his his, his 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 prop, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I was always a clo- I'm a closet wrestling fan. Eh? Like I'm just like uh, I don't like to admit it. I'm kind of ashamed of it, but I still watch it because I remember when I was a kid, I just liked it so much. Then I I got into it. And so I always say it's just my stories. Eh? It's yeah. like a, it's it's like my story. We always had the wrestling figures, like the the, the bouncy ones, you know, the fake ring. But we I I, I personally never was. You know, into it. Uh, my grandpa got me. Yeah, into it. well, you know, my my grand like my grandfather Henry was was he was also dedicated to wrestling, and I mean he he didn't watch a lot of sports or anything else, but wrestling he liked that. Uh, you know, if he was going to sit down and watch TV, he would turn his brain off, and that's what he would watch. Yeah, yeah, that's what I what I like it too. It's just an escape. It's just a really silly escape. It's ridiculous, eh? Yeah. Like I, I, at the beginning, they have a, uh, like a warning and it says this may not be suitable for all viewers. And I always think that it may not be suitable for anybody, any no, viewers. No, it, 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 in reality, it's not. Really, <laughs> yeah. But it, it is. But I love it. I can't help it. People eh? pay for it, right? Yeah. I like the, you know what I like? I like watching like the politics of it, like where the guys that are working hard and they're they're real skilled at the craft of wrestling. You know, and I don't I don't know if I can if politics and smart and wrestling go in the same sentence sometimes. It's like anything else. So the more you look into it, the more deeper you are into that subject, the more like mm-hmm. you realize that the, that the, it's there's a whole another subculture and and there's a whole game that you got to play within that. Oh and, yeah, yeah, they're always chasing after something. So this game I got for you is is a Twitter game. It's a Twitter game that I invented. It's called, uh, is this the Iron Sheik or the Pope, right? And so I'll read tweets to you, and you have to guess if it's the Iron Sheik or if it's the Pope, okay? Okay. I'll give this a shot, yep. All right? And then, and then so I'm going to move the computer so you can't yep. see because I don't want you to cheat. Okay, it... okay. All right, so I, I've moved it now, so now we can see. Uh, let's just see. Oh, Wait. The technical difficulties. This is always when the dead air happens, right? Or when I end up uh, trying to do something with the, with technology. Okay, so I got the Iron Sheik's Twitter up, and now I got to get on my phone. I got to get the, uh, the Pope up. All right. So we're gonna get the Pope up here. There's the Pope. <laughs> All right. So between the two of them, ready? So you have to guess if it's the Iron Sheik, or if it's um, the Pope. Okay. Okay. This is the first tweet. Let us pray for peace and let us bring it about starting in our own homes. Who is it? Who is it? The Iron Sheik. Oh, no, it's not. Wait, <laughs> I want to boo. Oh, you can't. Oh, good... there's a bomb. That means you didn't get it right. That was actually the Pope. That was the Pope. Okay, ready for the next one? Tuesdays and Thursdays have cheeseburger tits. Well, that's... that's uh... That's that's the Pope. <laughs> oh man, you're terrible at this game. I thought it was actually easier. Am I actually that. supposed to try to play it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is a better one. Okay, this is a better one. Well, it's a little bit more difficult. You'll get this one. I think it's easier for you. Um, let me just see here. Uh, find a good one for you. Uh, well, this will be really easy. Hello, hello at hello the at Paula Dean. You shit your pants to sleep tonight. I be happy. Good night, you scrambled egg tits, bitch. I, you know, deep down inside, something says the Pope, but I'm going to go with the Iron Sheik. Oh, the Iron Sheik. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> there you go. You're getting it now, eh? You're getting well, it now. It, You'll it, notice it takes a, me a couple, you know, chances at things to get it right, but 
You'll notice uh, you'll notice a pattern. I think maybe I'm not sure. Um, I am more fucking genius than the fucking Steve Jobs and the Lanny Poffo. You get my alarm clock or go fuck yourself. <laughs> can I call a friend? Like, can I phone a friend on that one or not? No, it's, it's oh, I can't. I don't have no options on it. This is a straightforward answer. You're really terrible at this game. It's the Iron Sheik, eh? The Pope's not going to say that. Is it because you're not Catholic that you don't know this? <laughs> no, I'm just playing around. I'm, I thought I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not really taking the game serious. Well, it's a serious game. It's the first time I've ever done it. I don't know if I'll do it again now. Wait. Wait, I one I want to see about the Justin Bieber. It's, yeah. It seems like a really good one. I think the Pope was... Oh, I don't want to give it away. But it might be the Pope. Where's the Justin Bieber? Apparently, the Justin Bieber, Bieber has a raisin dick, is what he said. The raisin dick. It was also the Iron Sheik. Uh, and uh, I, 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 <laughs> and uh, uh, also, the Iron Sheik has something to say about like every every single um, day of the week. Eh? He says uh, Friday... Uh, has wait, which one had cheeseburger tits? Tuesdays and Thursdays. Tuesdays and Thursdays, I think. I, yeah. yeah, Monday I think was uh, Monday was a raisin dick jabroni. I think jabroni. Yeah, yeah, it was a raisin dick jabroni. Iron Sheik's my favorite guy to follow on Twitter. I watched I watched the Golden Globes with him this week. The Golden Globes. Was he on? The, was he on there? No, no, he was uh, doing it on Twitter. Like so, like when there's like a trending topic, mm-hmm. there'll be like a hashtag, yeah. and it'll say hashtag Golden. What, what's Globe. hashtag all about on that? Like, I, I don't know the dynamics behind the Twitter and that, that language. Yeah, I'm figuring it out. What happens? What is, what is hashtag? What, what's that start or what's that mean? It's like a topic that people are following. So when you have hashtag something, that means you can join in, and if at the end of your comment you put hashtag like the Golden Globes. Yeah. Then uh, everybody that's putting hashtag Golden Globes will get your message, okay. so that the, you're talking with all those people about that okay. one subject. So if I did like hashtag Live the Dutch Hall, mm-hmm. and everybody could go on there, we'd just be talking about the show like yeah. as a well, as a hap- or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of you know what you, ideally you'd want to do is like build where you have people following your little streams because you're ta- you're goofing yeah. around. Yeah. Like this week, I did. Uh, I went to a water park with my family, right? Mm. So I thought, well, I'm doing that. I'll send a few like tweets to make fun of the have you been to water park in a long time niagara falls i was at the one and uh with your kid no with my sister michelle's uh two kids owen and logan we went down there for a christmas present we took them jackie and i and and we uh yeah we stayed there and went to the water park it was good it was real good yeah well we ended up uh i i I mean it's fun i mean it's a it's a top end water park we went to falls view water park which is an we were going there for above the crown plaza we were by the skyline in, yeah, yeah, above the Crown yeah, Plaza, that's, yeah. That's where I was Monday, Tuesday. Oh, yeah, so it ended up, it was good, but the water parks themselves are disgusting, eh? Like, oh, they're man. horrible. You're in just, a roundabout way, they're, I've been in cleaner places. Yeah, like, when you, my eyes are burning at the end of the thing. Uh, the first well, day they I, need to, right? But it's not the, it's not the chlorine. It's, it's the mist, like the chlorine it, mist I find gets you. It's not, the, it's not the chlorine at all, it's the pH that's so low because of the urine that's in that water. Oh, that's what it is. Jeez. That's something I, I said one time. I couldn't think, think, think what was worse, like sw- swimming in a wave pool that kids shit in uh, like an well, hour. You know, now ago. that you say that, the last time I was at one, there was uh, they closed the, the main wave pool down for you know probably the better part of two and a half hours, and, and they had to f- totally flush it because there was there was a whole bunch of vomit in it. Vomit, yeah. And and I I was against putting the kids back in it even after it was flushed. I thought you know what. We've had our fun in the wave pool today. Let's you know move yeah. on to the yeah. Once the kid pukes in the pool, let's go on the slide to go that home. someone shit on four times, <laughs> yeah. right? Like it's there's no probably no difference. There's you know it's all it is a pretty dirty raunchy place. 
I know. There's, it doesn't matter how clean it is. It grosses me right out. But the kids were having a great time, so you had no choice. That's you gotta right. Go through you, gotta, it, right? you just got to yeah. soak yourself in other people's urine they, they, for a they'll while. They'll figure it out eventually. They'll be like, no, nah, that was, you know, there's better places to go than that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the Haitian Dwarf's been invited. Um, I wanted to... Are we done with the... Well, I wanted to go into the more of the feedback because I got, I got one girl that was nice enough after the last one that she, uh, she like... Uh, uh, what listen like the, i did the show last thursday like we do every week and then she that morning before she started work this young girl uh, listened to my whole episode the whole hour of it and then gave feedback to mike who was on last week yeah. and told her and and she he told me what she said right okay and what she said was she said that there was moments she found interesting and entertaining but mostly she found it to be disorganized and there was no real i kept getting off track and and uh it was all over the place, right? Yeah, but are you going for that format? Or are you just going for open mic, uh, have a conversation like, well, you, know, you know, sit here and have a drink and just have open conversation on what uh, what we feel like talking about? Yeah, that's just it. I think that's, that's pretty much what a, you know this setup is. That's yeah, that's what yeah. I thought too, right? So that's why I said, well, that does, that kind of misses the point of what I was trying to do. Of course, it's going to be disorganized and all over the place. I'm. That's how we talk. Like this is really how we talk in the Dutch hall. Like it's never gonna. I'm not gonna go in there with the. No, I've I haven't read any rules, you know, before <laughs> I walked in here and on format I needed to speak about or. No, no, but order. your wife gave you a few rules. She did, yeah, and yeah. and she usually does, uh, you know. She. Uh, <laughs> it's wise. It's wise. It is very wise. Yes. <laughs> yes. So what? Um, she gave me that. That was one piece of advice, and the other thing she said was I shouldn't try to. Shouldn't worry so much about hurting people's feelings. Like she said, if I got an opinion on something, just say it and don't be apologetic for it. Like yeah. Just, and I thought that was a good piece of advice, and I should follow that, right? Which is why I said, fuck Jim F. Bleak this yeah, week, right? Yeah. Say what you think. Yeah. But there's times that, you know, it's going to hurt you more than it is going to. I don't think it can hurt me anymore. Like, I don't know what's going to hurt me. Like, I, I don't give a shit anymore. I really don't give a no, shit. No, that's a, 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 it's a good attitude to have, too. I yeah. Mean, for what we're doing right here. Yeah, what does it matter? What does it matter? That's a big thing. Yeah, a lot of the people that come on, like, they were working for somebody else, and they were kind of worried they don't want to get themselves in trouble. Like, yeah. Charter works for a big corporation, uh, you know, like, other people have jobs, and they don't want to they want to jeopardize it. Or they, like, have a, a – they feel like it's going to – if they said something wrong, it would, like, people would think less of them in the community or something if they heard it. You know, if they said something, yeah, like, well, honest or, like, you knew what people were like for real. It's a you know, pretty, pretty small uh, – community i mean fairly sized but it's everyone knows what everyone does anyways that's yeah. part of living in, in in rural you know ontario or canada it's yeah even it's states. hard to have uh you know everyone knows everything that's half the battle when you when you when you're in a you know a low populated area yeah but who cares like i mean if you get to the point yeah. where you don't give a shit like that really like, is I'm, I'm staying here i really you know if, i'm sorry if i offended you or yeah you don't like my direction, but this is, you know, I've I've got my uh, this what game I to play, and then this is what I'm gonna, you know, yeah, that's what I chose to mm -hmm. do. So I'm gonna do it, right? So, um, but anyways, I so I think that yeah, that was good advice. I should probably follow it. And then actually, my brother, my brother, you know, my brother, mm -hmm. he gave me uh, he gave me a piece of advice, and he said he watched the he listened to the Ryan episode, the Ryan yeah. Vanderbush episode. Yeah. And he said, remember that time I showed the uh, YouTube video of uh, Clark and Probert, and we kind of tried breaking it down. I told people at home they could, uh, yeah, you know, like, watch along. Yeah, link on and, and try to get on, yeah. Yeah, so Paul, or my brother, yeah, my brother Paul, yeah, anyone can know his name is Paul. But, so Paul said, uh, he said that uh, 
he tried that at home. He brought it up on, on YouTube. He was watching along with me. He said, but all that, he said it was bad for the show. He said, because all that happened was he ended up watching then more hockey fights and he wasn't listening to yeah. me anymore. Yeah, he got sidetracked. And then he got into some sort of a tornado. Oh, no. Have you ever got into uh, a tornado on YouTube? Uh, personally, I, I haven't. Well, I mean, everyone gets sucked into the into the vortex of them once in a while, but it's a friend of mine got into some. Yeah, he got led down the wrong path when it come to that, and it was it's actually a pretty funny story. But uh, no, I, I was it at work or something. Uh, no, it wasn't at work. It was at home. But I think his his, his wife maybe entered oh. this situation, <laughs> yeah. you know, mid midway through, and it was it just. It's a good story, you know. Ho hopefully, he possibly could be a guest one day, and <laughs> tell maybe it. he could go in depth more about uh, <laughs> yeah, you should tell situation. Yeah, so, we'll yeah. figure. We'll talk after the show. You can tell me who it is. I'll see if I can get it out of him. <laughs> You'll be able to. Yeah. So uh, yeah, but it happened to me too. I remember being at work too, and you're you're on something. You're looking for something legitimate, and all of a sudden you yeah. see some girl shaking her butt in the one corner on the side videos, yeah. and then you next thing you know, accidentally you don't want to, but like with the iPads anymore. They're heat sensitive, so <laughs> they know what I'm trying to do. <laughs> if, if your hands are like even near near the screen, and uh, and uh, you know, it, it sometimes will pick it up when you're you don't want it to pick it up. Yeah, that might be what That's, happened to me. Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> even on my mouth. <laughs> but it, so my brother said he ended up getting caught in this tornado, and then he I've says, never heard that. And the and the whole and the whole time, you know, the, the the podcast is still going. So he's listening to the audio. So he says, "You got to stop doing that because you know there's nothing worse than you're sitting there with your pants off at the in your kitchen and you're, and you're listening to your brother. <laughs> you got your brother's podcast. voice going the whole time. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, it's a bit of a boner killer, I imagine. <laughs> I would think it would you at least feel yeah. ashamed of yourself. That's for sure. Yeah, I would think there'd be some guilt involved in that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he says, "Don't do YouTube videos anymore." I'm not sure I'm going to make that promise to him, but no, I understand the fact that it's shameful. Sometimes for him. you have to, you know, do the YouTube thing, and that's that's part of the format if that's where you're going with that. Yeah, well, tonight was a great night. We had Jason Ryder over. We had uh, whiskey, lots of whiskey, and we uh, and Jay, Jay brought me over some wild game, which was awesome because uh, we had some moose from up north, right? Yeah, moose. Yep. And uh, we had some deer from up north, and you could see the the deer meat from up north was just really a uh, rich dark color. It was the same cut of meat, was it? S exact same cut of meat, just different diet. Different diet. Eh? Like they they would eat more like uh, like well, a grass. It's like just where they're, where they're from. Yeah, I mean they don't have the smorgasbord like Norfolk County does. They 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 live off more off saplings and brush. Where the you know moose, you know moose from you know the moose compared to the northern deer are close. But the moose eat a lot more grasses, and then the deer eat more saplings. And then down here, mm -hmm. the deer, is, I mean, it's a whole different structure of meat. The deer is corn and beans. I mean, it's, yeah, it's like, like farm a built-in feedlot. Yeah, yeah. But even still, the meat down, like, I think there's something about wild game. If you don't have a chance to really enjoy wild, wild game, like, I think you're missing out because there's not there's something just natural about having an animal that's living the way it's supposed to live, you know? Like, just out there doing what it does, yeah. and then it, it dies... Yeah. To, like and you eat it right away. It's yeah. it's perfect. It's the way it's supposed to be, right? Yeah, it's there's yeah. I mean, some people obviously frown an eye about it. I mean, everyone's right to their opinion. They have the right to say what they want. I mean, there there's more to it than just going out and. I mean, there's a social aspect of it. There's, you know, you harvest. Some people do have issues with, you know, crop damage and other you know stuff due to the wildlife in the area. There needs to be a population control on. On certain things that you know, it's it's regulated on numbers of harvest too. I mean, it's yeah, yeah. It's, it's not, not like, like we're just like... running around and 
And it's know. not like there's a, there's a shortage of deer either. Like I mean, no, no. I mean, I think the the population's been stronger now than it ever has been, and which is a good sign too. I mean, everything's yeah, yeah. Working. The better all that is, you know, the wildlife, the, the better every, everything's going. The food's good. The food chain's well. And yeah, do you remember when the turkeys went away? No, I, I, you know, I think I just I got an email the other day about the end the the National uh, Wildlife Turkey Federation. They pulled their funding out of Canada due to some of the new non-for-profit tax laws in Canada. So they introduced the turkeys. I think we ended up trading, I'm not sure the, the number, but we traded Michigan, northern Michigan for, we give them a few moose and they give us turkeys back. Yeah. And that's how we reintroduced the turkeys at, at Bacchus Mill. Right. And and it was all funded through the National you know, Federation, the Turkey Federation. And uh, they just announced they're pulling their funding out due to the new rules. So, I mean, I, I'm not sure where the the turkey population is actually in the decline, I think, because our predators are coyotes and wolves. Right, right. And and fox is not so much wolves up north. There's some timber wolves, and there's turkey population actually expanding more up there than down here. So the coyotes and the wolves the, are what's the doing? Co- well, the coyotes in this area is really hurting the population. And up north, there, there's timber wolves, but there's not, in, there's not the... the the packs like the coyotes like the domesticated dog slash coyote down here so well it, it you know. used to be that there was the possums that were the possums came up on the trucks from the states yeah and they ate the eggs, and they ate a, the yeah, eggs. i that, think that still obviously goes on but yeah because when we, when i was a kid there was no possums up here and no i don't i don't remember possums and i maybe till i was eight years old or more or maybe even 12 yeah yeah the same with me like it was like there was <clears throat> they all of a sudden showed up kind of thing yeah mm-hmm. but i guess that's just it's weird, eh? Like actually, uh, they're saying about the Asian carp too. Like they're starting to show yeah, up. Yeah, I'm not too. sure where where that's going. That's turned into a political bomb. So I don't know if that's. Yeah, I don't know. There needs to be protection. I just don't know where where it should be. I don't. I don't really follow uh, it, but they've, it they've could ca- be a major issue here. I think if they get into the Great Lakes, but oh, you, everyone thought the zebra mussels were going to be a major problem, and that's actually improved our our whole watershed down here for healthier water and everything else in in the Great Lakes. Really? Yeah, it has. It's cleaner. There's, they're more of a diet to the, like the smallmouth bass we have. Our population's huge because the food source is there now. Yeah. yeah. For them to strive. Oh, really? So yeah, it's actually it's a, opposite of what they said to a point. Yeah, yeah. But you know, so you don't know how the like ecosystem's going well, to adapt. Well, the Asian right? carp, I think, are they're they're egg eaters and they're yeah they're, they're gr- pigs, I think. Yeah, and they, and they've done some real damage all the way up. Yeah, yeah, they have. They've crushed a lot of industry. Yeah. And they're also a danger even for boaters and stuff because they leap, don't they? Well, they, or, I think they jump into your boat or jump at you. Or yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. There's some crazy videos like on YouTube of yeah, the, you do see some wild, uh, I guess, southern games uh, going on with them. Yeah. So, but uh, so one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, Jason, because I was like, uh, I got a farmer, a real farmer, and uh, when I, I think a. a, a uh, contrary to my uh, Wikipedia page, which was beautifully written by our, my listener, which said I was a tobacco farmer. I'm not a tobacco farmer. I'm not a farmer at all. I'm uh, oh, I'm just a fan of agriculture. I worked in agriculture my whole life, so um, and I grew up on a farm, so I always just relate to agriculture. In that, you've been you've you've experienced the ag industry probably higher than others in this area. Yeah, you know more about it than a, than you give yourself credit for. Well, it was my main focus for most yeah. of my life, you know, to this point, like, and uh, really took a big interest in, especially local agriculture, like I still do. Like, I don't think I'll ever get that in my system. And I, and I, I'm, 
I did a lot of uh, reading, and I also did. A, I watched some documentaries to get myself kind of in the mind space of like talking about f the food system with you because you you're you've you've had quite a good resume. You've been part of the um, Asparagus Growers Marketing Board. You've been the chairman, right? Yeah. Of that board. Yeah. You were a pretty young man at the time when you did that. Yeah, that was uh, when I when I started doing some. Um, you know, other crops and getting into the vegetable world, I kind of jumped into that just to kind of figure out who, you know, what was going on and what issues are the major ones that can have a, a huge factor on what I'm, you know, thinking about doing. Right, right. And from there, it's led to, you know, it's it's some, you know, the more input you have and, and how you want to shift that industry is, is the better. You know, you, right. have, you know, a lot of some, the government works in a weird, a really strange different way right now when it comes to agriculture but it slowly seems to be turning around but it is squeezing a lot of people out to make business decisions that they might they wouldn't you know they wouldn't make on a normal uh it's change but i mean change is needed in industry right but a lot of uh, my point is a lot of young men wouldn't have the um i guess that sort of wisdom or that sort of foresight or that sort of courage like they to, to do that so okay <laughs> well, what we'll do, we're going to have to take our first ever live at the Dutch Hall break. So I got to I got to kill some time while Ryder goes and takes a takes a, a piss outside, which is fine. So I can have a chance to talk to to the listeners again. What I got going on and uh, with next week, we'll talk about next week a little bit. I got uh, my four person setups finally set up now. So we're going to get to have uh, a couple more mics set up and we have Jeff Ball and Barry Wilson coming in and we're going to have our first ever T-shirt club meeting. And uh, I'm pretty excited about that because T-shirt club is something we've been talking about for quite some time, but it's something that we've never uh, had a chance. It's caused, it's a source of a lot of great uh, conflict between me and um, especially my brother-in-law, Jeff Ball. And uh, we definitely want to get some of these big issues resolved next week. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. So uh, I hope you guys will come back. We'll have the first ever T-shirt club. And this will be something where I'm really going to be asking for feedback from you guys because um, we need to settle this once and for all, uh, and we'll we'll find out about it next week. So welcome back, Jay. Yep, How was sorry it? about that. Yeah, it's still snowing. <laughs> yeah, nice winter night. Yeah, it is a nice winter night actually. It's nice to yeah, have. I, I, I love back the winter. Eh? Like, it's one of my favorite. It is my favorite season, probably. Well, because you you actually get a break. <clears throat> well, not only that. I mean, you got spring, summer, fall, winter. I mean, you get to see the best of all. Mm -hmm. You know, there's fun things every every season. There's something different to do. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I really enjoy it. Yeah, it's a uh, lot like um, I don't know if I could ever live where there's no seasons. My wife loves it. She she would go down to the hot climate. Like she'd spend every winter down south because she she has no uh, tolerance for the cold whatsoever. But I think I'd miss it because yeah, I like to revisit the you know somewhere warm in the winter. Just to, you, you just see I you know I mean I I get to relax in the summertime and do some downtime, but. You don't get to get away from it and just totally relax in, in the summertime and, you know, do right. things like that. Especially now with Georgia around, it's nice to enjoy some summertime with her. Yeah, yeah. You have to go to it, but that's, you know, that's part of the game, I guess. Yeah, we were talking um, We were talking once before, and you said that uh, you were, when you had your daughter, that you were, like, full speed ahead on the business. And then when you had your daughter, you are like, you were afraid she might mess you up a little bit. Is that right? Well, I think my neck shortened up once i had my daughter <laughs> you know i put my you know everyone stretches their neck out and carries on but i it, it's and a bunch of people told me that before i had we were lucky enough to have george and said 
you know, it's different. You have kids and then you really change your, your train of thought. And I thought to myself, yeah, but you know, you're still going to carry on everyday business and you do, but you, you do, you do get, you do analyze the decisions more and she, you know, and, and, and you always have your kids in your, in your thoughts too. Right. Right. But at the end of the day, you, you know, I mean, yeah, you're not just doing it for yourself. No, anymore. you're not anymore. That's a big, that's the TSN turning point almost there. You think, well, this is, you know, I remember there's a story about, uh, when my parents bought the farm off their parents and mom, my mother said this story before, you know, I was sitting there and they did the deal with my grandpa and said, I was in a, I was, you know, really small at the time. And, uh, they said, uh, well, they were buying the home farm plus another little piece of property. And they said, uh, they looked at me and said, well, look what we've done to you now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just assuming back then that it was always going to be the, the way that the son does the, and I mean, it's, it's good if it can turn out that way that the son can carry on or one of the siblings can carry on, not, you know, yeah, whatever yeah. one it is. But, you know, it's it's not an easy path to take a chance on right now. Over the last eight years or nine years has been a, a real tricky path in agriculture. Yeah, yeah. Especially with the farm. I mean, it's it's changing too fast. But, I mean, change, is, change was obviously was needed to a point. Yeah, yeah. But it's really took a whole new turn over the last, you know, Eight years, really, it's been a, you know, a roller coaster for agriculture. And, I mean, you've seen it good. You've seen it bad. You've seen it stable. And, I mean, there's, yeah. no, there's no certain, you know, you can't really fall into a groove. No, if no. If you fall into the groove, the groove might get too deep and eat you up. To, like, it's, you got to. If you're not willing to change quick, you're going to. You, you, you got to be pretty volatile when it comes to a few things nowadays. It's. Yeah, you got to be willing to move. If you're not yeah. flexible, if you don't have that dexterity to be able to jump from one thing to the next, like you, you, you could get in trouble. And, and you got to stay on top of what's going on. Like that's the thing about watching these programs. I was to get back to that. Like I watched a bunch of these documentaries. I watched uh, and like I think one was called like uh, uh, Food Mageddon or something like that. Or yeah, I think and, you're right. And one was called uh, Food Matters. And then I watched some TED Talks ones. And the one thing that I noticed is kind of like a running theme through them all was kind of the perception of conventional agriculture is seen by at least the people making these type of movies. And, and what I would say is it probably is quite common amongst a lot of the people in urban centers. Like most people, like they said right now, the 90 or it's like there's a 1% of the, you hear the whiskey there? 1% of the world is growing uh, the food for the other 99% or something like that. Maybe it was two and 98 or something like that. But the amount of people that actually are are farming now, like the number of farms is at a lowest level, like of, and compared to how many people they're feeding, you know? And while when that number dwindles to that, that level, you know, your voice, it gets smaller and smaller, you know, when you try to, you know, address issues to do with agriculture, like in this country, the way the political systems uh, worked out, if you have, you know, uh, well, if you look at Ontario, for example, like, you know, the, the only people that voted for the Liberal Party that got into power were the ones in the in the GTA. The only seat they got outside of the GTA was Ottawa for for McGuinty and uh, the rest of the the rural areas like the farm country. They all voted conservative and they have no voice at all, pretty much like that's, yeah, that, and the city, the urban agenda got pushed out to the city or to the country. Especially if you look at the the green energy stuff and the windmills and the solar and all that stuff, that was all like a, an urban initiative. And they don't have those windmills all along Lake Ontario and Toronto. No. They got the one there, but they, that's all they got. Well, the Ontario government—I mean, the, the politics in Ontario lately have been, well, 
it's a whole other topic, but it's almost like they're putting a show on for the major population area in Ontario. Well, that's how you get elected. And that's right. And I mean, and to me, that's wrong. I mean, if we elect someone to power, mm-hmm. there's a reason why we want that person in power. Yeah. So blue, red, uh, orange, you go down the list. Yeah. You're put there for a reason. Take the voice of the people, you know, and play together. Yeah. But it, it never comes to that. And they, and they can't do that. Yeah. That's the issue. You can't go there. You know, there's never any meeting in the middle. It's, it's our way. We're going to drive this home. This is the way we want to go. And once they get, you know, the majority of the seats, then it's, they got the keys of the bus. Yeah. And their, and their, and their route they want to take around for the next year isn't always the proper route, you know. No. Lately, I found the government to get a little more, you know what I find? It's, well, we can go on for hours about this one too. This is a, a <laughs> touchy a touch subject, yeah. you know that. But, I mean, no one, I, I find it real hard if, if someone is working for the government and it's, they almost are limited that they can't take any new ideas back. Right. Where they're getting told what ideas to go after. But, I mean, to make an industry better, if you're putting that industry, because you have some knowledge about that industry, you need to work with that industry to make that industry better. Right. And take that idea back to power. Right. Right now, it's the opposite. Right now, the power is telling the ministry kind of what yeah. the direction should be. I mean, that's that's my personal outlook. That's yeah, yeah. nothing with the industries I sit on yeah, but you said, or do. Right. That's my that you know, that's my outlook on on some of the direction that has hasn't went right. 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 But I mean, that's you can, Yeah, yeah. This topic's an endless topic. Yeah, you, yeah. you know that. Well, I wanted to get back to like far like to the perception of farmers now because most people are at least two generations removed from the farm gate. Like most consumers of of food products are at least two generations removed from the farm gate. So their appreciation or their understanding of what it takes to succeed in agriculture or what it takes to like just make a living, yeah. you know, is based on kind of just whatever, like whatever, I don't know how they form their opinion, but it's not an educated opinion. It's not something that's based on seeing it firsthand. It's, oh, it's most, it's, groom, it's a groom position. I'm, it's a lot of times you know, an emotional reaction to what they hear in the media or what they see on, uh, on, this, yeah. on even on, on the internet or whatever yeah. on TV. Like, they see certain things, and so they make their conclusions about agriculture. And I think that, for me, having worked in agriculture for so long and seeing so many different agri- uh, agricultural operations across the, the country, really, and, and seeing uh, even in the United States, we toured a lot of farms down in the United States, too, and seeing how they do things. And when you look at the way they're doing things, most farmers, in fact, I would say the great majority of the farmers that I've met in my life have wanted to do the right thing like they wanted they want to be good soil stewards they want to be they, they want to be able to grow good quality product they want to have something they can stand behind they believe very strongly that what they're bringing to market is a quality product and what goes on with it after that point yeah is like um they, they kind of they, they it's like for the well, beef you, lo- you lose control yeah, you lose control. There's a control loss like. after it leaves your driveway. And what's always burned my ass is that when they try to uh, enact some issues on food safety and stuff like that, and they want to track it back to the farm gate all the time, they don't take into consideration that by the time it leaves the farm gate, it goes through a, a distribution center most of the time. Then it goes to a grocery, and the people are unloading the product there. You don't know if they wash their hands or what they what they've done. It sits on the grocery store shelves, and the general public gets to go in and pick it up and play with it. And if that, so let's say you're growing spinach, and by the time the spinach gets to the grocery store, someone buys it and gets sick from it, they track it back to the farmer and make it seem like that farmer was the problem. But how can you track it through that chain to know where the problem lied? You can't. They keep passing the duties down. 
Yeah. So, I mean, we have to do our due diligence. And, and I mean, you want to produce the best you can. I mean, you don't want to open open any wounds up that aren't there. I mean, you want to keep, you know, the food source the safest and the cleanest. And you, you have to prove that. What what In my opinion, what, what goes on after that is exactly what you're talking about. Once it leaves me and goes into a D.C. and goes to, you know, uh, Nova Scotia, Winnipeg, um, Boston, Philadelphia, Chicago, anywhere. Yeah. I, I've lost control over it as soon as it goes. They have to follow their protocol and so on and so forth. But, I mean, the larger the company, the easier it is to pass down. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Everyone's finger just keeps pointing back and back and back and back and back. Right, right. And, I mean... And when you're in court, when, when, when you're dealing with corporations, and this is where I noticed that the main evils when you watch these documentaries, the main evils are, are they paint the chemical companies out to be evil. They paint the, uh, uh, the food processors out to be evil. They paint the pharmaceutical companies out to be evil, which, which, is, which seems like it's kind of going out on a limb a bit. But when they were taught, the one thing was all about food and how you can use food for health. And how yeah. um, largely in medicine, because our doctors are doctors of medicine, doctors of pharmaceuticals, they uh, they want to prescribe medicine all the time, and, yeah. and medicine to them doesn't include food. They mm. they get very little uh, schooling on nutrition. They get very little schooling on. Uh, I, I think that's changing a little bit now, but yeah, for the last you know eighteen years or, or whatever, I would say eighteen years. Yeah. I don't think that was a major part of the learning curve on 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 a on a doctor it has, it has a whole lot to do with nutrition. I mean, they can tell, you know, the better shape, the healthier you are, and so on and so forth. But yeah, part of the problem is that our our universities aren't doing the research they they can on food because they're they're all the research that exists in our universities anymore. And I think this is a pretty good good trend across the continent. Really, is that where we used to have public funds going to our universities to do research projects that's going to benefit all of us. Now our research projects are funded by large corporations who have an who have a desired outcome of their study. So it's not an unbiased study. It's like a fi- it's a finance study by corporations like Monsanto or like one of the big chemical yeah. companies, yeah. or or it's uh, uh, financed by the pharmaceuticals or whatever. And they have a desired outcome that they want to see. And if it's there's not a commercial component to that, no. they, they don't give a shit about what's right or no, what's wrong or what can help people. If they're funding it, it's going to benefit them. That's right. Like, and that's and, the danger of allow. You can allow in that to some. I don't. I don't want to say that those chemical companies don't have the right to research and development. You should have that. We right. need that. We we need help. You know, pharmaceutical companies. We need them. But every branch in a company, like you know, you have your pharmaceutical branch. You know, if you if you take Syngenta or Mons, you know, you take some of those other companies, BASF. Right. You know, a lot of their branches that are doing well is where the money's being gone, like going right on research on everything else. Right. If something gets stagnant, well, you flush the toilet on that arm of the company and you restructure somehow to get back up under something else. Yeah, yeah. But a lot, like a lot of our research, even in agriculture right now, a lot of our research in agriculture is actually being funded. You know, the government's done an okay job lately on on providing some funds to some new research stations. Our extension people are gone. We do not have near the extension people like on the ground field researchers that we had through the 80s and 90s, not at all, right. which is a big gap that we need. Yep. You know, they do fund the industries to provide what we want to do with research dollars going back in, but then we can say we want this done, but then it's got to go through a whole series to get to someone that can actually do that. Right, right. Right, so there's it's political there too. 
Yeah. Um, but a lot of those large companies, back to what I was saying, they just fund their own research. They yeah. have their own labs. They have better facilities than, you know, they've got an in, in, in branch research right. facility that's, you know, running top of the line. Right, right. They're continuously getting results they want. They're, continue, you know, bettering themselves all the time. Yeah, but we still need better research as far as mm. of finding out just like, like what my point is like, uh, if you look at. We do most of our own research on farm. Everyone does. Every morning they go out to the field. Yeah, that's true. You know, like yeah. you, they ask for input. Well, this would work really well. You yeah, know, yeah. or this is maybe where. You know, and if the if the market's not big enough, it doesn't dictate or doesn't allow them to put money towards that. That's yeah, but that's what, a large thing. In the field of medicine, though, like of using food as medicine, and like in we grow products around here, we could grow like if you if you looked at some of the things we grow, like you look at the amount of corn that's growing through North America, right? Yeah. And the amount of like uh, corn syrup that's in everything we eat and stuff like that, and it's proven that we don't digest that, right? It's not good for us. It's We're turning filler. It yeah, we got a country full of like Wally, like the like the Wally. you know Wally the cartoon. <laughs> it's a bunch like that's what we're turning into a bunch of like gelatinous masses that are just so yep. and and you see it all the time. It's growing and yep. and that's from all the shit we're eating and and if we just took that re, the resources we're putting into fucking you know uh, like a bunch of corn and we put it into something that we could actually like yeah live better on you know we we could we could uh, make a difference and, like, you, and you do see the consumers shifting like i can see it in a few things i do on on farm you know i'll, I'll, I'll touch briefly on the horseradish thing you know the processed product mm -hmm. you're consistently fighting for shelf space and, and numbers going through a big corporation good a good thing i mean it's a product there's room for you know two or three labels of every product on every shelf so on and so forth but what we're finding we're seeing a real big increase is at the actual fresh end of it so you know, a byproduct of what we do and put in the jars is is the main crown of the horseradish plant. Yeah. And it's it's like the tuber part of the plant. Before, you know, that wasn't, you know, we, we didn't love to, we, we can grind it, but it's more of a filler horseradish. It's got, the oils aren't as high in the crown. Oh, is that But right? if you take that crown home and grind it and eat it right away. Oh, it's delicious. It's delicious. Yeah. So, but when we put it in a jar, do our thing to it, you know, it's it's harder to stabilize that because we, we can't meter the oil in, 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 in that crown. So do you use the offshoots of the horseradish? We use then? all the fibers, yeah. The fiber. All the oils are stored in the, well, see, in the wintertime, all the oils go into the crown. Right. In the summertime, when growth is restarted, it goes out into the fibers. They start running for food and, and survival yeah, yeah that's where the oils are in the fall and in the spring right before it freezes they're out there reaching for everything they can get to put in the crown and before you know when we dig in the spring they're they're doing the opposite they're running their crowns back you know out to gather up everything they can in, in the roundabout way it's the same thing and just you know there's a there's a different spring and fall when it comes to the oil levels in the crown so is there not as much nutrients in the in the crown when you shred it on your no the chemical reaction is the same in the crown it's just the difference is you're doing it in your kitchen and eating instantly, oh, yeah. where when I do it in a grinder, the more oil I can have in in, in, in the fibers is is the better I can in, oh, yeah. you know do a processed product. You know what we we are the fresh end of it has actually increased. A lot of people want to try their own, do their own. You know that's a that that was a market that was never really established in Ontario until about four years ago. Oh yeah. Well, I like it. I, so I, I went to your farm, and I always steal a couple crowns when I'm over there because yeah, it's yeah. good. I like putting it on seafood and, and uh, putting it on, on beef and stuff like that. It's delicious. Yeah, it's a, there's quite a bit of health benefit to that product, too. It's just one of those ones that there's been no driving force behind it for education. No one, 
Yeah, yeah. Are, know, it's more traditional roast beef. Let's have horseradish. Yeah, yeah. There's more you can do with it. I mean, you can. I mean, you can, well, you do it with the beets for the. Is that's a big thing on a Jewish holiday, isn't it? Yeah, beet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah, beets are a big thing. Uh, the beet slash horseradish mix is real, real good. It goes. It's more of a with fish, isn't it? It's good with fish. Yeah, I had it with fish before. Yeah, it's real good with fish. Uh, you know, all the products can be used many different ways, but a lot of you know the majority of the users are just. I want it on my roast beef, and I want lots. You know, like yeah, yeah. yeah. I heard in Eastern European is a big part of of most of our. Market, you know, yeah. yeah. Well, what do you? Uh, um, you got yours like it's uh, kosher, right? It's yeah, kosher. It's kosher, yeah. And it's also is it halal or? No, it's not. It's just we're, we're kosher, and then obviously, in any, anyone in Ontario that's processing food's got to be under CFIA's watch. Yeah, yeah. Federally, if we want to ship out of the province. Oh yeah, yeah. So we do obviously do the CFIA thing and in the kosher thing. Kosher's a, it, it's a big market. How does it work? Does the rabbi have to come down? And yep, he comes down uh, once a year. Well, I shouldn't say he comes down once a year to do his, you know, final inspection, so on and so forth. He comes down probably quarterly and makes sure all the ingredients that are in our facility is are kosher, so we're not slipping anything by him and, and, and really, you know, using something that's not kosher to to go through the system. Right, right. So it's it's a. You know, there, it's uh, it's a, a learning curve. I'm going to say that with that industry, with the kosher. Yeah, well, it's anything anything you can do to add value to your product. Hey, you got to do it. So, what I want to say was the 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 what I wanted with the public perception of farms, especially big farms. You know, like big uh, like factory farms, or like it seems like the bigger you get, the more the public perception turns that you're not like. I think that show Food Inc. is a, a good one to watch too. It's yeah, it was, I, I've watched that one as well. And and uh, some of the things about beef, like if the one thing about beef that I really find interesting is that if you go to local butcher shops, and this is where it's really come out where I've seen it because I've had a lot of butcher shop customers, like we're small family butcher yep. shops, high quality meats, like really really took an interest in like from yeah. from like farm to fork, like that that really philosophy that they they're really big on. They know what's going on with it. And uh, those guys have to follow so much regulations to compete with the same, and they they're under the same regulations, say XL Meats in in uh, Alberta and stuff, that had all those problems with food safety, and where all that meat's going into one vat, and you can never really trace it back to what's going on should you have a problem. Whereas if you go to a smaller butcher shop, you can obviously trace it back to where those animals came from because they they've followed the whole chain through those shops, right? Yeah, and have control from start to finish is always a huge benefit too. Yeah, I mean, not everyone's got the ability to do it in-house and, and do all that. But, you know, like, for instance, we got a local butcher in Simcoe. He does an excellent job right from start to finish. They know where everything comes from. They know their stock. They know their genetics. They know right down. You know, they only expand with their own herd. They really don't source too much beef, you know, outside their genetically yeah. formed. Obviously, you got to bring different... And bulls in and so on and so forth because you'd have an issue with yeah yeah with your, two heads <laughs> you'd have <laughs> things that you wouldn't want it wouldn't look so good in the meat counter but <laughs> they, they do a bang up job and they've actually been awarded with tons and tons of yeah. you know medals and he goes down the list but that is the way a lot of things are going the more you can know about where it comes from that's a huge kick right now the more you know where your food comes from is it's a huge you know if, you, if there's a story to tell with it Mm-hmm. It seems to be a bit of an edge on on that. Yeah, yeah. But there's still that need to feed this many people. Yeah, and that gets missed sometimes. Yeah, you know we can, you know. Well, that's the thing. You got to balance it because if you if you try doing everything all organic and the rest of it, you're gonna end up having like he. It, sure, it's great food, but either there's two 
one of two things is going to happen. Either the price is going to be so high that you're going to rule a lot of your population because in our culture and in the culture in the United States as well, we do not put a high priority on our food price. No, we want to be no. the cheapest food in the world. We are. And we are. Yeah, and uh, per, uh, yeah. per capita. What, but we also are probably the highest spenders on luxury items and frivolous bullshit of any countries in the world, too. And so we, we decide we're going to spend our money on fancy garbage and, and uh, you know, like yeah. a bunch of crap, you know, like uh, devices and toys and all the crap that we're addicted podcast to. Podcast equipment. <laughs> yeah, podcast <laughs> equipment. Like real first world problems here. Like, we, But we won't f- we won't spend any goddamn more money on fresh vegetables or no, something like that. Because you have the best sound system you can have. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. yeah. A swimming pool and everything else. Yeah. And as long as that's the case, I think it's going to be hard to fix. But if we could start stealing some of that money that people are spending on pharmaceuticals or something like that, if we could start stealing some of that money that people are spending on, you know, a bunch of fighting their health problems yeah. that they're having from not eating right then maybe they could afford to spend money, more money on food if we're doing if we're helping people live better lives through that's better right. food that's right then we wouldn't have right. to spend and, as much and, money and the the up, upward trend is obviously the the value is going up but it's 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 the, the it's well, it never goes up a whole lot every year i mean it's a very slow climb it, it, the consumers do i think are willing to pay more uh, the corporate structure sometimes isn't passing it any farther, which is which is I mean, face the fact that's corporate that's that's the world of business. Yes, I'm- but it does never trickle back. Like we're, you know, in the farming, I've had people say to me before, well, like f- change the system. We're price takers, not price centers. Well, how, you know, I don't I don't want to sound out in left field, but it's been that way for ninety years. It is. It, I mean, we're all trying to curve that ball. Right. But that that ball just doesn't, you know, that, that that's a three year curveball. Yeah, that's right. And you, and you do see it in the grains and all seed, which that that demand was spiked and the price increase was spiked due to a few policy issues in the states with fuel. That's right. Yeah. It, it went up, and all of a sudden now, you know, there, there's some other things on the horizon that can do it just for the same cost and same price. Right, right. Like we've evolved that fast that we already missed one boat. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like things change so fast. The things change too fast. I mean, it, yeah. it's very hard. Like right now, to be honest with you, in produce, it's packaging. Right. All your sales are driven by packaging. If 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 you're, you know, I mean, that's that's a big thing right now is packaging, convenience, uh, extend the shelf life, which is a good thing. I mean, you, you know, you do want to. I mean, that's a big part of it. me as a consumer. I like something that will last longer in the, right. You know, in the fridge. But the, but there's there's issues that comes with that. That's right. Yeah. And so we're getting close to the end. Actually, we're we're already really? we're already over time. Can you believe it? Over. Yeah. But what I wanted to we make haven't it, even touched on ten of the subjects. Out of the- I know the whole thing was I was gonna uh, the whole foods. Most of what I t- wrote down is gone. But like the, I knew we'd be able to talk about a lot of stuff. We'll have you back again because I want to talk food safety because you've been all over the world, right? For yeah, I've seen different parts how they do it. Yeah. Yeah, and that, to me, that's really interesting to have a guy that's had the perspective you've had about being in different countries and seeing the way they do mm-hmm. things and. Like, because the whole thing about how we have to go jump through so many hoops in Canada for what we can get approved for chemicals and stuff. And uh, we're only protecting, we're not protecting our consumers because we still import the stuff from all over the world. That's right, yeah. doesn't have our, anyway. it, it, Yeah, that, but I we'll, mean, that's all in the process of changing, and it has changed. Yeah, we'll get that next time. This one, I want to just finish it up with what, what I was trying to make I feel like it's been five minutes and we're done. I know, it went real fast. I can't believe it. But what I wanted to say was, with all these things, the main thing that 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 does suck is the court is the the when you're a publicly traded corporation, right? And that and I'm talking about the Boring. chemical companies, 
the um, the food processors and the banks even like coming from a banking background you worked from a bank you worked for a bank <laughs> I worked for a kind of a bank but then I worked for a couple <laughs> other banks and but I've I've seen the inside of the beast of the bank right and and with with corporate with the corporate structure the way it is and you have to always answer your shareholders every quarter but saying you're gonna make more money than you did the quarter before once that corporate structure exists they put pressure on the farmer in order to make those goals that always the cost of everything that they want to um, improve on in their corporate world comes back on the on the on the shoulders of the farmer. Yeah. Like if they want to improve food safety, well, that food safety becomes the bur- the financial burden of the farmer, right? If if the farmer wants to improve his operation and he wants to invest money in it so he can make more money two years from now, but he's going to lose a bit more money for the next two, the banks will see that as a higher risk. Yeah. And then start grinding you guys, or like saying you're not hitting yep. your financial targets, your uh, covenants, and stuff yeah. like that. And all of a sudden, they'll make you, they'll, they'll put pressure on you no, to run your business you know, differently, even though it's the best thing for you in the no, long run. Numbers way. don't lie. Yeah, but and, that, for, and, that, and that's as far as it goes for for banks. For banks, like, right. you know, I mean, I don't mean that in the wrong way. That's that's you know policy in a bank, and that's the way they their, their business is driven. But it's hard to find them that look outside the box or. You know, can see farther than two years. That's right, and, yeah. it, and it is. And I mean, I noticed that even know. with 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 my wife's business, like if we decide we're gonna t- we're gonna have a year or two where our finances suck, yeah. and we get the wrong banker who doesn't understand what it's we're tough, doing, it's a tough ride. Yeah, we're all of a sudden. Then you got to get in a fight. Like I've seen people get into before. Yeah. Then there's gifts the next day on your <laughs> desk. So, <laughs> is that right? That happened. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. They. I always wanted to ask you. Maybe before the end right here, I'll ask you. Why do you think? The banks blow so much sunshine up your ass because they do. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> they do. I've seen it on both sides. I think I've blown it up there. Eh? I, 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 if if that's your thought, I've personally never felt the heat. No, no, I felt but heat they, on my ass and other reasons. No, not not heat. so much for the sun. <laughs> There's the hot air being blown up it. Yeah, but, but they do think you're pretty special, though. Right? Like you got tours going. Everyone wants to, have, to yeah. run a tour of your farm, and, and you said it before. You, you got to be like, careful there too, and not cut your own throat when you bring people through and this and that and. There's a lot of people like tour, tours are fine. I mean, I enjoy having people come through if they want to. That's that's good. You know, that's okay. Here's what we're doing. Obviously, there's something here that you, you guys, you know, you find interesting, and you know that's what we're off to. But you know, do you find it interesting though? I find the questions very interesting from some people. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, I, I I've sat and talked to some pretty big. Not I shouldn't say it that way. I've sat and talked to some pretty. Uh, important people in the egg lending industry and you know you can never know your industry inside and out i mean there's there's a lot of green people and you need them in and out too i mean they're not fully knowledgeable on 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 every aspect and they won't be but some just run in there and give you a a great deal and leave because they want okay eggs on the up or maybe people think it's on the up last couple years and everyone's allowed to play the game Mm -hmm. but you know, I'm. I'm. If you're going to go to, into business and be part of this, what we're trying to do, we're going to have good years and we're going to have bad years and we're going to have years that are just okay. We had there's a normal. You know, there that was yeah. the year that we had. Yeah. Are you, gonna, are you in it or are you not in it for the long run? Like, are you going re- ready to go on the roller coaster ride with me? Or are you? That's gonna... right. You do business with someone. You're in it. You're both in it. I yeah. Mean, and that's the thing. I couldn't. I couldn't stand when the banks were looking at. 
having to show that you're in the lowest risk category all the time or if your credit department was telling you, you know, listen, this guy lost money last year. I'm like, yeah, he lost money last year because there's good reasons for it. He's going to make he'll make it back in another year like that's the nature of the business yeah it's hard to get banks who want to see those constant quarterly improvements and, and manage all the risks to yeah. that level to answer to the shareholders that system's kind of broken and unless you can fix it mm. until we can figure out alternatives i guess we've got to stick work within these crazy things yeah and, i mean if, if you know the bottom line is if you want to make it work you're going to make it work yeah you know there's there's obviously road bumps but some bumps throw you off course a lot worse than you know, a little blurb here and there, but I mean, in Norfolk County's, you know, I'm going to go back to this area. It's a real hard area to do banking in. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's not much supply and demand. Yeah. Which is a whole nother seven episode topic. But, you know, when they throw a banker in here, there's, there's, there's 19 different crops, you know, to 30 different crops. You, 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 it's not like when you're into a different area where it's just dairy or chickens or, or hay or beef. Like it's, the dynamics are way different in Norfolk on what what happens here. It's a very unique part of Canada. I, I would say it's the most unique for agriculture. Yeah, the most we have diverse. everything. Yeah, in, in in reality, we do. Yeah, yeah, you know, and that's based, you know, with the, the with where we are. Yeah, the land, you know, and what what we have here to work with. Yeah, which is a very interesting area, and I'm very glad I ended up back in this or not back in this area, but. Before you were born here, that's yeah. right. You know, yeah. well, I, hey, we're the. I consider that being bred into the a good genetic area of Canada. Like that's, oh, okay. I got this to work with at least, right? Oh yeah, we're really blessed to be here. Eh? I can't imagine being anywhere else. And then that's the thing. I think we're the best kept secret in the world, especially in yeah. agriculture. And I think that uh, hope maybe if the if the meager amount of my listeners can find out about us, as I see a lot of people from the states that are in the rural, yeah. rural areas. I got a lot in Texas and a lot of Kansas. It would be interesting to have someone. From another part of you know in, into the states or Canada, come here and have a you know a, a topic on agriculture because everyone's I mean Norfolk like I say is diverse. It's got different ins and outs. But you go to a different part of Canada, it's strictly just that. Yeah, yeah. You know, this is what we do. This is how we do it. Which is I find that very interesting. Also. Oh yeah, I'd love to talk to anybody. But, but there's always there's always uh, issues there too. It's not everyone just continues to do what they've been doing forever. Yeah, yeah. You you got to be sharp and, and move up. Make sure you make the right moves too. There, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, it's, it's I, interesting. Well, it's a good way to end the show, there, Jay. We, what I'd like, uh, I'd like to just put the uh, put the uh, request for feedback out there again. I'd like to, if you are out there and you're listening to the show, if you're in Texas or Alberta or uh, Quebec or wherever you are, and if you're, if you'd like to, if you got something to add, please respond Peru. to me. At, uh, Peru, I, I don't have Peru yet. I got Mexico. No. I got Mexico, and uh, but if you're out there. Um, email me at uh, live from the Dutch Hall at gmail.com or you can always uh, reach out to me on Twitter at Dutch Hall on Twitter. And uh, I do have a Facebook page, uh, Live at the Dutch Hall, that's now up. And uh, so if you want to check that out, I should be posting things and you can probably get a message to me somehow that way. And uh, if you want to leave a, a review on iTunes, if we get a couple more, they'll actually review us. We don't have, oh, the Haitian dwarf can't carry me all by himself. We have to get. Uh, He's get, in his cave. Yeah, get a couple more of those people out, uh, of you people out there to leave some reviews for me. And if you want to come in and talk to me at the Dutch Hall, I'd be open for more guests. I'm still looking to book people up. And uh, other than that, I'd like to thank Jason Ryder for coming out. Whiskey night, I think, was a success. It I think we did all not right. Long enough, but it was the longest one we've ever had. So we'd like to uh, like to. Uh, Thank you again, and we'll see you next week, guys. Thanks a lot for listening. We like all you guys. I like all you guys, and I can't thank you enough. 
Have a good night, everybody.